The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, well, I can promise you you are exactly in the right place today. We have a wow show and a wow panel. What can I say? So, what's the buzz on the street? I have two buzz quotes here. I think they're very interesting. Number one, we have to remember social overselling. Who said that? Vivica Von Rosen. She calls herself a LinkedIn expert, speaker, trainer, and big mouth. I took that right out of her LinkedIn profile. We also have a quote from Barbara Giamanco, who's a frequent guest on many of our Game Changer shows and someone named Kent Gregoire from Echo Play Playgrounds and they said together, social networking risks are not always of the legal kind. It's trickier to manage the lapses of etiquette, tone and consistency. So what have I established here? I've established we're talking about social and selling and we're talking about etiquette. Let's just leave it at that. Our title of this episode officially is Social Selling and the Golden Rule Why Manners Matter and I could paraphrase paraphrase that and say social selling and the golden rule do manners still matter and the answer is heck yes and we're going to find out in a moment let me give you a little more background here the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There were all kinds of paraphrases to that. Do to others what you want them to do to you. Don't want, don't do to them what you don't want them. Look it up, the golden rule. It still applies in our digital world today. Now you could be saying, how? Well, here's a pop quiz for our social sellers out there. We know you're listening all over the world. How are you pursuing your prospects on social? Hmm? Are you aggressive? Are you pounding them with ads every time you connect with someone you sending them listen to this and look at that and I want you to do here and I want to follow you and I want to get in your news feed I have one word I'm going to quote Diana Ross actually stop in the name of love it's time to start playing nice in the digital sandbox how you have to be a listener you have to be an advisor you have to be likable and you have to be a partner in their buying process isn't this how you want to be treated when someone follows and wants to sell something to you? Of course you do. There, we've calmed it all down. Let me tell you who our panelists today. This is a great panel. They are right from the, the sandbox, I'll call it, of, of social selling. They're all experts. First up, we'll be joined by Kirsten Boyleau, Director of Digital Experience at SAP. You may recognize her name. She's the sponsor of and frequent panelist on our series, Social Selling with Game Changers, Changing the Game with Social Selling. We've renamed it. We're also joined by a frequent guest, Hillary Carter. She spells Hillary with one L. 
She's the founder of Intune, that's one word, capital I, small n, capital T-U-N-E, communications. And rounding out the panel is Julio Viscovich, V-I-S-K-O-V-I-C-H, if you want to find him. He's the VP of Marketing and Social Selling at a company called R Factor. Let me spell that, lowercase r, capital F-A-C-T-R, R Factor. So we have a panel of experts, and let's get started. Kirsten Boyleau has sent me a quote from Damon Richards. I couldn't find much on him, Kirsten. I looked him up and found out he's the principal owner at a company called Running Zombie Enterprises. Uh, He specializes in marketing, writing, and public speaking, and he has experience in all aspects of business operations. Here's the quote, and it's actually famous. Your customer doesn't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Kirsten Boyleau, we care about you. How are you? I am doing very well, Bonnie. It is a beautiful day in southern Ontario today. A bit windy, but it's um, blue sky, so I can't complain about that. I got to tell you, we have the same weather pattern here on Long Island. The rain disappeared. The streets dried up. It is gorgeous and sunny blue sky and maybe a wisp of wind. So I will say we're sharing the same weather, and that's delightful, Kirsten. So talk <laughs> to me. Coming. Who, I think it's wind is coming. Behind. <laughs> talk to me about who is this Damon Richards? I really couldn't find much. Is he the one from Running Zombie Enterprises? I believe so. That's that's where I found it. Um, it was a quote that I came across a while ago, and I just really liked it because it really speaks to how I feel our um, social selling habits need to change. You know that it, it's it's not about a tool. It's not about um, prospecting. It's about building relationships with the customer. Um, and that's and you know you don't build relationships um, without caring about someone about uh, having them trust you and you trusting them. It's a, it's always a two way street. So I just felt it was really appropriate for our uh, session today. It is. And by the way, trust is one word I did not have in my opening. I know I was kind of wordy today, but I'm very excited about this. And Kirsten, I know later on in the show, we're going to talk about not sending out generic blasts from LinkedIn. I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. I want to con- I'm guilty. I do it. And I'll tell you later on why I do it without customizing the invitation. I'll tell you. And I'll tell you what happened to me a couple of years ago by doing it that way. So we'll do some experience sharing. Thank you, Kirsten. And I have to do a special thank you to you and a hug. Kirsten, because I got to you about (laughs) six days ago and said, we have an opening on Coffee Break with Game Changers. I need a great topic. How about social selling and manners, etiquette? And you said, sure, give me an hour. (laughs) An hour later, you had Julio and you had Hillary and you. And two hours later, I had all of your information. And it was just very, very kind of you. So thank you. Glad to have you on this series. Now, let's turn to Hillary Carter, founder of Intune Communications. And she has a quote we've heard before. I think she He's used this on other shows, and it's a great quote. It's from Grady Booch, B-O-O-C-H, born in 1955. Well, he's a young one, according to me, young and He's an American software engineer best known for developing UML, okay, I'll tell you, Unified Modeling Language with Ivar Jacobson and James Rumbaugh. He's the chief scientist of Rational Software Corporation since its founding in 1981, and through its acquisition by IBM, woohoo, in 2003, and he kept working there until March 2008. Afterward, Grady Booch became Chief Scientist, Software Engineering in IBM Research and a series editor for Benjamin Cummings. He's written books on programming language, ADA, ADA, and on and on. Here's the quote. I think Hillary has used this before and I love it. A fool with a tool is still a fool. Hillary Carter, welcome back to Game Changers. How have you been? 
Very well, thanks, Bonnie. Geez, I'm disappointed that you recall I've used the quote before. I thought I was giving you something <laughs> fresh and new, but that's okay. This one but, never but, gets but, old. But Hillary, you're the only one who's ever used this, and you're the only one out of thousands of people on 29 Game Changers series. The only one who's ever quoted Grady Boot. So you can quote them all the time you want. Oh, that's good. It's just that's fine. Great. So go well, ahead. I'm what does it? What does it mean? I I, I love this quote. I, it means that. Uh, Using digital tools, using any kind of tool will ultimately not disguise or change your character. Uh, you will not only be, uh, whatever's inside you is going to be brought to light, and not only that is going to be amplified for the entire world uh, to really get a taste of, of uh, the content of your character. So people think that there's a digital quick fix for everything that they could perhaps disguise some of their um, lesser qualities or put themselves out to the market as being bigger, smarter, uh, more clever than they really are. And, and that's a fallacy. These tools, particularly social media, will simply uh, amplify foolishness uh, where, where it exists at a person's core. And uh-huh. If you think of, about fools yeah. in offline terms, there's just a limited amount of exposure about, you know, silly behavior, and it might extend through personal circles or word of mouth, but the power of digital tools makes uh, online choices, uh, you know, very, very tricky. And and I don't think people realize this, especially newbies. I know you, you help with training. Kirsten does. I believe Julio does as well. I, do you think people start and say, oh, I have this new startup and I've got to go out and do social selling and social biz and I'm going to be a wow and I heard I can use this dashboard and I can use this tool and I can use this app and I'm going to be great. And they just go out there and blast the heck out of everybody. So is that what we're talking about? A fool with a tool is still a fool. They don't understand. Absolutely. There's a lack of understanding about how to use these spaces that there is certainly a high level of impatience uh, for people new to to communicating using these these tools, and they want returns immediately. They want to see an immediate ROI. They want to see um, um, success right away without understanding that these tools are best suited for relationship building, and that relationship building, the kind that, that moves markets, takes a long time. These are just great tools for building those relationships, but the process is slow. And I think foolish behavior is that which expects an immediate return through automation, through a, a gigantic push, without taking the time to establish trust, as Kirsten was saying. So, yeah, I, I think um, lack of familiarity about the the nature of social media networks is really what's at play here. Can we can we fall back? I'm going to fall back on somebody's sword here. The sword is a bull in a china shop. You've heard that expression where somebody just goes in and doesn't realize it's delicate in there and they're just storming. I want one of this and I want one of the. Oh, let me go to the back and they're smashing things as they go along. Can we say that? You cannot be a bull in a china shop, meaning a fool with a tool, with an app, with, uh, with a dashboard, with anything on social media and expect to be accepted as a trustworthy ally or advisor or partner or person with something they want to buy in the social media china shop can we can we use that stretch that stretch That's absolutely of- correct and and there's another quote that i love and it's from comedian amy schumer she wrote in her book of the girl with a lower back tattoo she says that social media is a great tool because it speeds up the time between thinking someone is great and realizing they're the worst 
So in many ways, it's a gift. You can see the brightest kind of shop coming, and you just lock your door. Bless you Amy lock your Schumer. door, and you wait for them to move move down the road. Bless Amy Schumer and her train wreck movie. Thank you very much. Yes, I had trouble getting through that one, but I do appreciate the quote. Thank you very much. Bull, and, and we can also take bull and expand it with four letters I can't say here on Polite Company of Game Changers Radio. Bull, blank, 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 in a china shop, meaning social selling. So we're talking social seller. We're talking etiquette. We're talking trustworthiness. We're talking manners. Yes, we are. And now let's turn to our third panelist. He's waiting so patiently. Bonnie, mind your manners. Don't forget Julio Viscovich. VP of Marketing and Social Selling at R Factor. And Julio is quoting Gary V. That's Vaynerchuk. If anybody's wondering who in the heck is he, uh, well, let me just read what he's famous for. He was first came to our, our attention as a leading wine critic for his family's wine business. Well, they were doing about $3 million in business. Okay, they were in business. Well, guess what? Gary went and took digital marketing, social media, and he turned them into an online wine store. He zoomed his dad's business from $3 million to $60 million dollars. How did he do all this? At age 14, he was already part of the wine business. Um, He's now an angel investor or advisor to Uber, Birchbox, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. He's a speaker at Global Entrepreneurship and Tech Conferences. And if anybody is a New Yorker like me wondering where Gary came from, he immigrated here from Russia in 1978. He was one of eight children in his family. This is after the Soviet Union signed the SALT I agreements, which allowed Soviet Jews to leave the country in exchange for, you won't believe this, American wheat. They lived in a studio apartment, which means one room, no bedrooms, maybe a bathroom to the side, in Queens, which is a couple of miles from where I am now. They moved to New Jersey, and Gary operated a lemonade stand franchise and made thousands of dollars trading baseball cards. You think he's an entrepreneur? And I bet he knows what he's talking about. So here's the quote Julio has selected from Gary V. Vaynerchuk. Saying hello doesn't have ROI. It's about building relationships. Julio, how have you been? It's been a while. Yes, Bonnie, it has been. It's been way too long. And thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to, uh, to make an appearance on the show. Thank you. We're delighted. Your phone's coming in and out a little bit, but let's see if we can hear you. So talk to me. You a big fan of Gary V., Julio? I'm a huge fan. Um, just from a, a motivation perspective, he has such great hard-hitting quotes, but he also backs it up with what he's done in his life, his actions. And whenever you can find somebody that backs up what they say, that's somebody you really want to latch your wagon to and, you know, really listen. So tell me something. What, how do we translate this? Saying hello doesn't have ROI. Let's talk in the, in the nomenclature or in the parlance of social selling. What are we looking for for ROI? Because uh, we know, Julio, when a company starts a social selling journey and they train their people and they say, well, we have to have something come out of this. You can't sit there and say hello to a 1,000 people every day and get them to trust that you're only going to say hello. So how does the ROI come into this? Well, I really see, I think social selling a lot like, you know, your mother really is, you know, is there a real clear ROI there? How can you point to the exact ROI that your mother, you know, essentially had over your life or the impact that they had over your life? You might not be able to measure that directly, but there's a hundred percent chance that the ROI that they provided you is off the charts. It is huge. And that's what this is. Sometimes you can't always measure everything directly back to ROI, but I promise you that it does have a severe and amazing impact um, at the end of the day. And the ability for us to just go out there, say hi, ask people how their weekend was, um, 
great posts that you put out there, those little tiny steps um, that allow you to humanize yourself online and start to build the relationship. It, it reminds you that social selling is a long game. It's not a short game with a series of tiny little wins where every time, you know, you're going to close a deal on social every single day. You have to look at it as a long game and that ROI will come. Um, it just has to man- manifest itself in other areas. So I think doing that up front sets yourself up for success, even though there's not a clear measurement right off the bat that we can point to. Thank you. That should be welcome news to people whose companies are saying, well, how'd you do today? But it also reminds me, uh, addressing this to the three panelists, Julio and Hillary and Kirsten, reminds me of a famous phrase. I don't know what movie it was from, but uh, Kirsten Cherry Ann Meyer may know because she's our, our movie buff on many of our shows. Uh, the quote is, he had me at hello. <laughs> Anybody remember, remember that? Well, you know what? In a crowded social networking business environment. Maybe, Julio, going back to your quote from Gary V, maybe the person who just says hello is the one who gets the prize because they haven't tried to slam you with any selling news and any brochures and any you got to go watch my webinar and listen to my video. Maybe it's as simple as starting with hello. Julio, can you agree with that one? I totally agree. I mean, really, social's no different than a cocktail party, right? You don't just run over to somebody and start telling them that they need to do X, Y, and Z. You approach a group that you want to approach, you listen carefully to find out what they're talking about, and you politely interject and offer something helpful or valuable. And I think that doesn't change whether it's in real life or whether it's online. Thank you very much. And now it's our time to get a little up close and personal here with our panelists. Kirsten, we already know you're in southern Ontario. We know that it's slightly windy. We know that it's sunny and blue skies, so we know where you are. Now, all I need to know from you, please, is what are you drinking today or what would you like to be drinking that will make you have that beautiful smile I'm looking at in your photo on my notes here. So, Kirsten, what's in your (laughs) cup today? (laughs) Well, I'm not sure it's going to make me smile, but it's supposed to make (laughs) me feel healthier. It's organic roast a dandelion root tea. Um, oh, Kirsten. Oh, please. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Organic, roasted. I got to look this up. Orga- and tell us, what does that taste like? Dirt. <laughs> well, it's it's true to its roots. If I, if I say it's true to its roots, have I hit so many puns I can't stand myself anymore? Oh, my goodness. Well, I have to tell everybody, if you really want the organic roasted dandelion tea, you can go to Amazon Prime and get it free with two, free shipping, not free tea, free two-day shipping. And there are all kinds of companies that have it. VitaCost has it. And traditional medicinals, that scares me all by itself. Traditional medicinals, herbal tea. And here, here's a headline from March 31st, 2015, Kirsten, seven ways dandelion tea could be good for you. I'm just going to stop right there, or iherb.com. I heard I heard it through the grapevine, dandelion tea. Kirsten, <laughs> God bless you. I hope you have a chaser of, of water, of filtered I water, do. please. I do. Thank, <laughs> thank, I feel so much better now. You almost had me at hello. Hillary Carter, tell us what you're drinking and where are you today, please. I, too, Kirsten, am in southern Ontario, and I am so pleased that I've seen my first sightings of robins as they've returned for spring. So with that brings new hope for warmer weather and uh, sunny skies. We've been living in a deep freeze for many months here. So the sight of robins turns my attention to water, and I've become a very big fan of Soda Stream. Uh, which is a um, a home-based uh, water 
uh, carbonated water system. So you can take filtered water or tap water and use the soda stream system to carbonate. You can have as many carbonated drinks as you wish. I prefer not to have syrup added, but little sparkling water suits me just fine. It's terrific. And you make this I love out of my plain. Soda stream. You really, and you make it out of just tap water or filtered water from That's from right. your Brita. I have a Brita pitcher, and we refill uh, bottles of uh, SodaStream every single day, and we add uh, as many bubbles as we want, and it's a low-sodium way to get uh, carbonation in your drinks. I'm looking at a picture of it now. Would you believe it's on Wikipedia? I am shocked and amazed. And please, SodaStream International LTD is an Israeli drinks company. I didn't know that. The device like a soda siphon carbonates water by adding CO2 from a pressurized cylinder to create soda water or carbonated to drink. The company also sells more than 100 types of concentrated syrups and flavorings. And it was found, you won't believe this, did you know it was founded in 1903 in England, the company? Seriously? I believe that because the British have always been huge consumers of seltzer that's made exactly in this way. So it doesn't surprise me. Wow. There have been some political boycotts of the company, too, back to 2015. But that's not this show. That's another show. So not one of ours. <laughs> so we'll leave, leave that for somebody else. Thank you, Hillary. Very provocative. And hello right. to you. Hello to you and your soda stream. Thank and now you. let's talk to Julia Viscovich. Julio Viscovich. Julia, where are you and what are you drinking or thinking about drinking today? Well, Bonnie, I have to say I'm a little bit jealous of everybody. It seems like everyone's (laughs) having some good weather. I'm on the west coast of Canada in Vancouver, and we have gotten a fresh dumping of snow today. So I woke up, and I thought I was up for a a nice spring, uh, a lead into a spring day. But hey, no, we're right back to uh, the middle of winter, it looks like, and everybody's driving at about 10 or 15 kilometers an hour. So good times today, and I'm a little bit behind you guys, so I'll live vicariously through uh, through your weather out there. Um, As far as drinking today... I'm going through a little bit of a cleanse, so I'm not drinking my usual uh, coffee this morning. So what would I be drinking if I had a chance? Yes. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Coffee Luwak, which is actually one of the most expensive coffees in the world. And the kick is, is it's actually called a specialty Vietnamese weasel coffee because it's actually made from beans that are eaten and later released by weasels. And it costs (laughs) about $3,000 per kilogram, if you could believe it. I've actually never tried it. But I wanted to stress it because I believe so much in the value of being an interesting person. And regardless of who you're meeting, have something interesting to say and be able to leave on a memorable note. And I think that just parlays so much into the social selling space with all of that information online for us to use. So I figured I'd bring that one out today, Bonnie. That was such a smooth segue. I am sitting here silently applauding you, and I'll tell you the background. We have about once or twice a year we get a guest on one of our many Game Changer shows who talks about it. The official name of what you're talking about is Kopi Luvak, K-O-P-I-L-U-W-A-K. It's civet coffee. It's coffee that includes partly digested coffee cherries eaten and, I can say this word on the radio, defecated by the Asian palm civet. Producers of the beans argue the process may improve coffee through two mechanisms. Number one, selection. They only select the best coffee cherries. And number two, digestion. Okay, selection occurs if the civets choose to eat the cherries. The digestive mechanisms may improve the flavor profile of the beans they have eaten. Blah, 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 blah. And it's intensive farming and they have to live in a cage system. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we 
want the pure organic kind, absolutely. It's been called one of the most expensive coffees in the world with retail prices reaching $700 per kilogram, uh, $1,100 the price of black ivory coffee. I'm just going to leave it at that. So it's Kopi Luvak, and thank you for bringing that back to my attention, Julio. I really appreciate it. Okay, hello to you too. I'm drinking something very, it's not boring, it's what I need to keep me going on these radio talk marathons here. It's cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug. I have an orange straw, kind of pinky orange, because yesterday it rained here in New York, and I did two live Game Changer shows, and I was hoping the rain would go away, and the sun would come out, and the straw color worked. So here we are with the sunshine. So guess what? We're talking about a very important topic, and I think what we've been demonstrating in our conversation here, and Kirsten and Hillary and Julio, tell me if I'm right, we've been talking about engaging in a conversation that's of interest to the other person. We haven't been trying to sell anybody anything. We've just been speaking in a hello, how are you? This is something I think is interesting. What do you think? And back and forth. Can we agree that we're all doing something that could be a mantra for a social selling conversation? Kirsten, what do you think? Are we already into that mode now? Absolutely. I I think that uh, the moment that you um, share and and become somewhat vulnerable with someone, you start to, to build a relationship with them. There you go. Hillary, so far we've been doing what we're, we've been practicing what we're preaching, right? Having a good human conversation? Absolutely. I'd say we're right on track, Bonnie. There we are. That's something good about Game Changers. That's how I designed it. And Julio, you agree or what do you think? You don't have to agree. Yeah, I'd love to be devil's advocate here, but I think we're absolutely on the right track. Okay, thank you very much. He tried and he tried and he tried and he couldn't blow the house over. Okay, so guess what? We're speaking with Kirsten Boyleau, Hillary Carter, Julio Viscovich. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Important conversation here. Conversation is one of our key words and trust is another one. Etiquette, whatever you want to call it, manners, the golden rule. Social selling, why manners matter. Yes, they do. We're going to get into some of the guts and maybe gut-wrenching facts of what's happening in the social selling space when people People don't think first about the human side, the connection, the conversation, the trustworthiness, establishing the R-word relationship. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, indeed. Let's get back and politely with a hello. We're establishing a relationship with you, our respected and esteemed listeners. Talking today with Kirsten Boyleau at SAP, Hillary Carter at Intune Communications, and Julio Viscovich at RFACTR, our factor. Kirsten's going to start the roundtable, although I think we've already been doing it for about 20 minutes here. Uh, Kirsten, now I'm going to read the following from your notes, and then you will expand this, please, and we'll invite Hillary and Julio to chime in. So Kirsten says, consistently sharing only your message. Now we're talking in the context of social selling. So your social selling messages or your sales message, consistently sharing only your sales message is like standing in a big group and shouting over anyone who tries to comment on a topic. It boils down to respect. Kirsten, please tell us more. Well, I, I kind of liken this to to the cocktail party that Julio mentioned earlier. It's you know you you go into a um, into a situation whether it's online or offline, and you're and you're you know part of the group. And if you're if you only are ever sharing your own messaging around what you want to to um, get out to your audience to your network, uh, it's kind of like standing there and if, if you're thinking about it in the in real life situation, it's kind of like standing there and <clears throat> saying something. And as soon as somebody else wants to perhaps um, share their own perspective on the topic or uh, or or you know maybe twist the topic a little bit and go in a different direction, you shout over top of them. And you would never do that in real life. It just you would never it would never happen. And if it did, people would walk away. <laughs> Um, and, and it happens consistently. I, I, I see it all the time. It happens very consistently on um, with with people that are just sharing their own messaging, and they're never engaging in the conversation. Sharing messaging is is yes, it's one part of social selling, but truly um, building relationships and truly social selling is more about building the relationships and engaging them in conversation. As we just talked about just before our break there, um, that it, it's about uh, having those human-to-human conversations and not only uh, making yourself vulnerable, learning more about the other person, building trust, um, you know, finding those commonalities between the two and, and starting to make that bond to build that relationship. That's where, um, where success comes when you're talking about social selling. Thank you very much. You have to gain the trust and the respect. And, and before we move to Hillary, I want you to just talk about that generic LinkedIn connection request, uh, good, bad, or ugly, Kirsten. I want to get to that for a reason. Yeah, it's, 
the, the generic connection request it happens occasionally um, by accident, but for most people, they they you know they come across someone and they send out that that um, connection request, and it comes across as I want to join your network on LinkedIn. <clears throat> There's a number of reasons why you don't want to, um, you might not want to to connect to that person. It might be that you don't know them. Uh, Perhaps they're trying to sell you something. You know, you have to make that value judgment. A lot of people get hundreds of connection requests a day and and it takes time. If you want to stand out from those connection requests, you really need to personalize it. You want to make sure that the people, the person you're you're trying to target understands why they're going to get value out of relationship with you. Because as soon as they say yes, they have opened up their network to you. Not, uh, and so that makes their network vulnerable and they can lose uh, reputation with their own network if, if you then go out and um, in some way make their network uh, vulnerable to some um, sales pitch or something along those lines. So you really want to... Um, very careful about, you know, accepting generic connection requests unless you really truly know them. Thank you. And the reason I wanted you to bring this up, and we will blend this with your, your opening topic um, when we get Hillary and, and Julio in on this. I, I was sending, when I started on LinkedIn, Kirsten, a couple of years ago, I was going out and saying, oh, who do I think I know and who do I know who knows whom? And I was sending like 10 or 15 a day to try and build my network. And I think I received a stop spamming message from LinkedIn. They said, you can't do that. You just can't sit here. I, I was so embarrassed. I, I, I didn't go on it for weeks after, maybe months. I just stayed on the sidelines because I didn't think I was. I thought the goal was six degrees of separation, five, four, three, two, one. And people were accepting and some people weren't. Then I discovered that the only people I really wanted to deal with, because you and I, Kirsten, work for a big company, over 80,000 employees around the world. Now, I send the generic connection request, but only to people who work for SAP, because somewhere along the line, they've either heard of me and Game Changers Radio, or they can quickly click, click my link, see my profile, and see SAP, and know that I am a colleague. And so that's why I do it. Is that is that bad? Do I still need to customize the invitation if it's in, I, it in network, on basically? why you're trying to connect to the person. If you know, I mean, if, if we'd already had a conversation and you and I weren't connected on LinkedIn, um, then it makes sense to send that generic connection request because we've already, we already know who each other is. If mm-hmm. you're reaching out to someone and they won't know why you're trying to connect with them, why it would make sense for them to connect with you, I would recommend personalizing that connection request. I just, to me, if we come back to our, our you know, our topic around manners and, you know, mm-hmm. and etiquette in, in social selling, it, to me, that, um, not taking the time to personalize the connection request and, and let people know why it's important to, um, to connect with you, is, it, it, it's poor etiquette to my mind. Okay, I accept that. You know why I want them to learn about Game Changers Radio so they can hear you and they can hear Hillary and they can hear Julia. Well, yeah, my heart's just, in... just say, just let them know that. You know, I want to introduce okay. you to my network of Game Changers and um, I, I like you, that. You might have some valuable stuff to, to share on my show. You know, let them Thank know that. You. That would that would be kind of really great for them to hear. Thank you. I, I sit corrected and I sit I sit instructed and I trust you and respect you, Ms. Borlow. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Hillary Carter, Intune Communications. We've been having a little chat here with Kirsten. What do you think about standing in a group and shouting your sales message on social selling? What do you think? No, thanks. <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> 
you wouldn't do at a cocktail party, what you would not do offline, you never should do online. So I think the 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 tools really need to reflect all of your all of your offline excellent interpersonal practices. Just be really smart and savvy. Take everything your mother told you and your grandmother about good manners and apply it to your social media practices. Okay. Julio, thoughts? Yeah, I think everything we were, t- we were just talking about, I mean, plays true. Um, I mean, thinking about how you are in real life and moving it onto digital is, is really, there is no difference. Um, and I think the important thing to note, uh, kind of going back to our LinkedIn connections, when you send that connection request, it's your first impression. It's very important to remember you only have one shot at creating a first impression on somebody. And if you're just reaching out via LinkedIn, that is your first impression for them. Mm-hmm. So make sure you do it the right way. Be memorable. If you're just somebody who goes by them in passing and doesn't let them know what value you bring to the table, I think it's a huge miss. And if I could say one thing, I think it's yes. three by three. That's a concept that I learned from uh, Vorsight many, many years ago, and it still holds true. Spend three minutes on somebody's profile and find three pieces of contextual information that you can use in your invite or your first conversation. And I think that just that small rule helps you just internalize it and make sure that you're taking the right approaches each time you connect. Wow, I've never heard of that. Very interesting. That's a new piece of information here, 3 by 3 Kirsten, do you know anything about 3 by 3 I've heard about it, and I think I heard about it from our factor. So, yes. There <laughs> you go. Talking do it on about... your own, Kirsten, without even knowing about it, right? I that's think she does. Yeah. Yeah. I bet she does. And, and Hillary at Intune Communications, do you do it? Do you use the 3 by 3 it's, it's funny, you do it without knowing that it has this fantastic um, name or framework. So I think it's an excellent strategy. And I, 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 I confess that I rarely reach out to total strangers on LinkedIn. I typically meet people at events and connect with them after the fact. So I am not um, one to reach out cold on LinkedIn. If I were to do it, I would definitely apply this approach. I think it's very... Uh, savvy and astute and demonstrates care and consideration of, about getting to know the other person first and making the very best first impression. So I think it's a great tool. Very interesting. Thank you very much. I like that. And Kirsten, anything you want to add before I pick a topic from Hillary's list? Um, just wanted to say one thing around <clears throat> the uh, Often, you, if you are on the receiving end of those generic connection requests and perhaps you didn't take the time to evaluate who is trying to connect with you, I've, and I've seen um, it, the, the next message you get from them is a pitch, a sales pitch. And I, I just really wanted to bring that home to, to our sales, to sales reps. It, it's not good form. It's not good manners to have that next message be a sales pitch. Um, so don't do that. I'm glad you brought that up, and I was going to interject that and ask the panel before we move on to to a topic from Hillary. Recently, people whose invitations I have accepted because it looks like they're not an HR person trying to move me somewhere else and they're not selling real estate or something, which I'm not in the market to buy, I will accept and think, okay, maybe this is a good connection perhaps for a topic or an idea for Game Changers Radio. The next thing I know, they have sent me a pitch, Kirsten, that is just huge and it's very specific and, hey, Bonnie, every three days I have a new video, I want you to watch my sales video and, hey, I want to send you this and I have this new app. And I just want to make them go bye-bye. 
it's I think it's hideous. It's absolutely I didn't give them permission. Is that called spam, Kirsten, at that point? I don't know if you can call it spam because you agreed to connect with them and as soon as you agreed to connect mm. with them, you agreed to receive messaging from them. But it's definitely not um, good etiquette. Yep, not good etiquette. And Hillary Carter, now I'm getting to your conversational topics here. You say another one of Gary Vaynerchuk's best pieces of advice revolves around gratitude. I don't think we've mentioned that yet. You say you just finished, speaking of audio, audio book for the Ask Gary V Show. And there are many references to the benefits of showing gratitude. So how does that work in social selling, Hillary? Well, let's link gratitude to LinkedIn, to what we were just talking about with Kirsten and and making a connection. So if somebody should reach out to you out of the blue and connect, one of the nicest things we can do to take that relationship to a new level is say in a message, hey, thank you for connecting. It's it's nice to meet you. I see we have uh, certain circles in common. If you're ever in town, if you're ever speaking, if you're attending a, a, an event of mutual interest, let's build on this digital connection. Uh, so thank you is a, is a terrific um, thing to to <laughs> demonstrate on social channels. It's critically important in life, but it is underutilized. And I think um, that's one of the great points that Gary Vaynerchuk makes. I just finished his audio book of the Ask Gary V Show, and it's fantastic. There's a lot of content specifically around gratitude how it's underutilized, and how simply by saying thank you across our social channels and showing appreciation, whether that's uh, service uh, for great service that you received or for somebody sharing your content or for anything that, that deserves a thank you or maybe surprises somebody by a thank you, is a terrific differentiator. And it's, it can be a tremendous hallmark of your professional brand. There's simply not enough of that in existence. There's not enough people who take a few seconds to say thank you, and it really helps people stand out. So Gary Vee is a huge uh, gratitude champion, and uh, I'm a fan of his, like Julio, and so am I. I think it's one of the greatest, greatest things that you can demonstrate in all aspects of our life, both digital and offline. Thank you, Hillary. Very profound, using gratitude, and thank you. And let me ask you a quick question before we get Julio and Kirsten in on this topic. What about congratulations? I I don't know what. I, I passed a seven-year anniversary at SAP recently. I think I got congratulations messages from about... 50 people on LinkedIn who were somewhere, must have been in my network, at some point we connected in the past five or six years. I had no idea who they are. I know nothing about them. There have been no connections at all, no communications. And out of the blue, total strangers are telling me, congratulations. So I ignored them. Was I rude? Were they presumptuous? Uh, How does that work, Hillary? What should I have done? Well, I I agree that that is just, it's behavior, it's, it's a an attempt at uh, engagement which truly is disingenuous. And I liken disingenuous engagement to spam. Uh, there's no word. context for the sale. There's no, there's no context for the congratulations. It's a push. And they're, you, they, I, I think the person is trying to reach out out of um, thinking that that might be a good idea when really it just comes across as disingenuous and undermines uh, the the uh, effort altogether. That's how I feel. 
Thank you. I agree with you. I want to know if maybe I was the rude one. Sometimes I'll say thank you to a couple of people, and after a while I'm looking at faces I've never seen, people I have no idea who they are, and I realize disingenuous is the word of the day. Julio, what are your thoughts on the gratitude and thank you as well as phony congratulations, or should we say empty congratulations? <laughs> well, I absolutely love where this conversation is going, and I, I completely agree because you know LinkedIn's done a good job at providing certain prompts like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, Bonnie has a work anniversary. You know, click to congratulate. Well, that's great, but you should never be accepting the default. Anytime you just click a button and send a message to somebody with an automated response, that just screams disingenuous to me, right? It means you didn't take the two minutes to actually write something thoughtful or add my first name into it or tell me how you knew me or have a great few years you know, to the, to the next anniversary or whatever that looks like. Um, so when I see that default message come through, that's, again, just almost a trigger in my mind to, to really ignore it. Um, so if there was one tip that I would say is LinkedIn does do a good job at prompting you to do some of these touch points, but don't just take that default approach. Really put some thought and care into it. Um, that's my one suggestion. And, you know, I absolutely love, Hillary, where you were taking that to. Um, I think if I could kind of reference Gary V again, he has this great sort of mantra that says, give, 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 get, or jab, 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 right hook. And it says, and really means that on social media, you shouldn't be asking for things or asking somebody to do something for you until you at least give to them three times. And if you live by that mantra, if you congratulate someone, if you can retweet their post or share it on LinkedIn or, you know, give these little jabs before you actually ask for something, you're going to set yourself up uh, in the right space. So as a salesperson, I would always say, make sure that you're setting yourself up for success when it is time to ask for a meeting. Um, so following that mantra, I think, really puts you in a good spot for being genuine, authentic, uh, and friendly. Wow, I think you hit all the high notes there. I'm just tweeting like crazy <laughs> here with quotes from Gary V. Uh, Kirsten, let's go around the table to you. What do you think? Give, 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 get the jabs. Agree, disagree? Oh, absolutely. Um, and that, I don't think that's actually really anything new to social selling. It's just the way that... that um, <clears throat> Sales reps should engage, whether they're engaging on social or whether they're engaging on uh, a different platform, whether it's the phone or the email or whatever it might be. Um, that's that's a, a way that sales re- sales really should be um, engaging with with people in in any way, shape, or form, because that's how you build relationships. Um, you know, when you think about it from the customer standpoint, they don't care about uh, your product. They don't care about um, the, the newest iteration of whatever it is. They care about their problems and how you might be able to help them solve their problems. Um, and so, you know, it's about giving them um, tools and education and understanding about how to solve their problems so that they come to you and say, you know what, I now understand um, how to fix this problem and I understand that you have a solution that I can use. Um, and I, I see you as that, uh, that advisor, that um, trusted uh, person that I can go to and get that, the, the right in information to help me solve my problem. And again, it always comes back to that give, 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 get. <clears throat> Wow, I love that. Very, very interesting. We're learning a lot here. This should we should have called this the primer of the primer on social selling. How to be a good I'll call it a good uh, good person in the sandbox, good player in the sandbox, or a kid. Let's go to Hillary. Anything you want to add to this? We've gone around the block on your gratitude and uh, the thankfulness and the congratulations. Anything you want to chime in before I move on to? I'm looking at Julio's notes. Hillary, I can give a quick example of how to. Yeah put this into practice in the sense of give, 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 
uh, with the objective of hoping to get a return on that at some point in time. Gary Vaynerchuk uses the example of a real estate agent who is trying to um, obviously sell homes, get new clients, but uses the approach of giving to people who are first-time home buyers, not by saying, let me take you around to show you the listings in the area, but rather, this is saying to, to these prospective buyers, this is a wonderful community. Here are the great restaurants that if you choose to buy a home in this area, these are the places to dine. Uh, these are the recreational facilities that are really terrific. You should take a walk through these trails and uh, good luck with your house hunting on Saturday. And, and just don't sell to them up front, but give them other information that says, wow, this person's a really good person. Um, now they become, there's an opportunity for, for an actual business discussion at some point down the road. Thank you very much. And I want to, we're almost at the predictions round, but I want to hit a topic here from Julio's list. And Julio, this is very interesting. I think we've covered it tangentially in a couple of parts of our conversation, but I want to focus on it. You say, use social listening to bolster your offline relationships. Even if your buyers are not actively posting on social media, they still have profiles. Please explain this for us, Julio. Yeah, it's it's tremendous, the amount of information that's online, the amount of intel that's out there for us to use. And I don't mean in a disingenuous way, I mean in an authentic way. Um, I was working with uh, a client the other day, actually, and we were looking at one of his prospects online, and it was absolutely incredible. Just from their Twitter profile, we learned that he had two daughters, that he loved motorcycle riding, what he liked to do on the weekend, all of this great stuff. Now, when you put yourself into a sales call and it's your first time talking to someone and you really know nothing about them. It's difficult to generate rapport and to accelerate the relationship right off the bat. But if you do a little bit of work up front, leverage social, even if you can't connect and engage over social media, you can still find that great info that you can work into your communication. So whether it's reaching out via an email and using a subject line or a first line of of an email that actually ties into something they like and interest that they've expressed online, you're going to have open rates skyrocket versus what you're currently sending if it's a generic email. Um, Similarly, it's on the phone. If you're jumping on the phone with somebody, why not dedicate that first two minutes of the call to building rapport, which you probably already do anyway, but actually bring in good elements and tangible points that you've located on social media, like the school they went to, a common connection, a volunteer experience, something they like to do. And when you set that frame in the conversation, even if it's on the phone or via email, guard comes down immediately, you have a great call, you build rapport, and I find there's no other way to start off a phone call or a meeting. There you go. That's like when Kirsten was giving us the weather report from southern Ontario, and I told her we shared a weather system. That was a, a conversational a relationship building. Am I right, Julio? A little bit? You're absolutely correct, Bonnie. There you go. I like to be correct once in a while. I don't have to be absolutely, but thank you very much. It is time. It is time. We are deep into our predictions round, and we haven't started yet, so I want to fast forward. Thank you for that, Julio. Appreciate it. Uh, Fast forward to 2020. Uh, Somebody recently told me, Kirsten, was it you, that 2020 is only three New Year's Eves away? And the the, uh, remark, I think the underscore, the subtext was, start planning where you're going to party and what you're going to wear and what champagne you're going to have on ice for that night. Three New Year's Eves away. It's even sooner than that. So, Kirsten Boylow, let's start with you. Uh, we're looking at social selling and the golden rule, why manners matter. If we met again, and I hope we will many times before then, 
Kirsten, Hillary, Julio, and Bonnie. If we met again to talk about this topic, what will be different by 2020 or around there? Kirsten, 60 seconds. Predict, please. Well, I really hope that by the time we get to 2020 that um, enough sales teams have been trained and enabled with the, the, the right um, behavioral management changes that need to happen so that they do play nicely in the sandbox, in that social sandbox. And, um, <clears throat> and I really hope that, that people um, stop focusing on, so much on the tools that they need to uh, get ROI from and really build the relationships. Thank you very much. And now let's turn to Hillary Carter and Intune Communications. I can give you, oh my goodness, I can give you a full 60 seconds, maybe even 75 seconds. Hillary, go. Okay. I think, I think the tools will change in 20 years. We'll, we'll probably be using very different tools or the, the same tools with incredible fine-tuning and applications of things like artificial intelligence to make the tools smarter and more effective. But the tactics should be the same because I think our human nature endures over time. And as we learn telephone etiquette and as we learn uh, social selling etiquette, we'll probably have to learn etiquette on a new platform or a new channel because fundamentally we as human beings are not going to change that much. And those who are able to appeal to um, the core of building successful relationships and building trust will be most successful regardless of the tool that's used. Thank you very much. How did I do? You did great. You actually left a little bit in the pocket here for Julio to have a little extra time. Julio, I'll give you 90 seconds. You can thank the ladies for that. Go ahead, Julio. (laughs) I I completely agree. I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, I think that eventually this is going to be just called selling, right? We don't say email selling or phone selling, but we do Mm -hmm. say social selling. And soon that will morph into just the overall body of, you know, being a salesperson. Um, So I'm definitely excited for that because that means that salespeople will be coming into jobs with that, you know, skill set built in out of the box. And I don't think it's something that is very difficult. I think, you know, just over time being exposed to these types of shows, letting people know that it is just like real life. I mean, it's the behavior is, is the same face-to-face or on the phone. Um, it's not different. So once people adopt that and realize that, I think it's going to just sort of work itself into the overall body of what it means to be a salesperson. And, you know, as, as everyone said, things will change. The social networks will change, but how we behave on them will not. That will be one static element that remains. Thank you very much. Profound as always. Yeah, we have about a minute and a half left, and I'm going to take that time to do a shout-out to Kirsten. Kirsten, as I think I said at the opening, we were uh, at, we had an empty topic for today, and I approached you about five, six days ago and said, what do you think? And together we, we put together this topic, and you summoned the brilliance of Hillary Carter and Julio Viscovich, and I can't thank the three of you enough for jumping into this sandbox with me on such short notice. Very appreciated. I thought it was a great conversation. What do you think, Kirsten? Did we hit all the highlights, all the hotspots? I thought it was fantastic. Uh, It's a topic that obviously I'm very passionate about because it's something that we cover here, and um, and I love talking about it, so I, I really... I was thrilled to be able to uh, to bring it to this to your program, and I'm so thankful that uh, Julio and Hillary were such great troopers and and you know got us the information as quickly as they did, uh, and and really just uh, you know really brought their A game today. So I really appreciate that. You know what? That's what thought leaders do. 
they they're ready they're ready on a moment's notice right julio right hillary you're ready to jump in because this is what you eat sleep and breathe and i thank the three of you very much so much for gratitude so much gratitude my heart is bursting with gratitude and i mean it sincerely kirsten boilo sap hillary carter into communications julio viscovich our factor and a shout out of course to kevin our engineer extraordinaire do you hear that kevin at world talk radio the business channel i'm bonnie de be back tomorrow with two live game changer shows i think we have utilities of the future in the morning and oh no in the afternoon and manufacturing changing the game with manufacturing we're talking about the chemicals industry and blockchain wow tomorrow so here's my call to action whatever you're riding in or whatever you are a passenger in whatever you're driving fasten your seatbelt. what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today have a great one bye bye thanks again for tuning in to coffee break with game changers presented by sap The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.